and welcome to Toddler Purgatory, as we'd like to call it, Todd Purgs. What up, Todd Purgs? I'm one of your hosts, Blair. And I'm your other host, Molly. Hi, everyone. Thank you for being here. We're stoked to talk to you today. Or really talk at you. We're just going to talk right at you. <laughs> In your ear holes. <laughs> today we're talking about, oh, this is coming out just before Mother's Day. Now, I know we have all kinds of listeners, all kinds of caretakers and people who love little ones between the ages of zero to six. So we have moms and dads and grandparents and nannies and teachers and (laughs) babysitters, everybody. So we really appreciate all of you today. And today we're going to just kind of highlight and high five some moms. It's your day. It's your day, mom. You did it. We got one day. (laughs) One day. One beautiful Solid day. Blair, what is your favorite Mother's Day activity or non-activity? If someone could just close the door, thank you, and leave me in bed and let me just watch Netflix all day, that'd be great. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. So it isn't like, you know, maybe like popping in a mimosa. Yeah. Maybe some McDonald's. I don't know. But don't come in. Like, pass it through some kind of a door like a doggy door, but it's a mimosa door. <laughs> exactly. Just leave me alone. It's in the shape of a fluted glass. (laughs) And it just goes in. Oh, that'd be nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. What about you? What's your like favorite mom's day pastime? By far, I can't remember if I've ever told you this, Blair, but I think I did. But by far, one of my favorite mother's days, I like things like breakfast in bed. I like the ceremony of really any day. Like, if you let me, you know, make a pancake in the shape of a tree for Arbor Day, I would do it. I like ceremony of that kind of thing. Nothing big. I know some people are really good and Pinteresty about, like, Easter or Christmas or that kind of thing. And I think I'm fairly low on the end of, like, artsy crafty when that kind of stuff comes. But I like celebrations and I like parties and I like getting my kid excited about stuff. So I do like the kind of thing where he gets to help my husband make the toast or, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's really fun. Mm -hmm. I also like a break. (laughs) (laughs) You know what else is nice? Yeah. A break. A break. (laughs) So like those two things in tandem to me would be a great day. One Mother's Day, I got to go to see a movie by myself and that was heaven. (gasps) Yes. Particularly the kind of movie my husband doesn't like. Which is? Horror. 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 Oh, the horror. Oh, the horror. This is, which is, I find fascinating about you (laughs) because you're such a sweet love, but you love a good horror movie. I do. Like, particularly the thriller kind. Mm. I don't mind blood and gore, but I don't need that as the primary thing. Yeah. I like thriller type horrors. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. I'm, I'm along those lines as well, too. And I like the idea of being left alone. That too. Uh huh. In a dark theater. I don't know that there was anybody else there, and it was just right. Oh, amazing. I got to put my milk duds in my popcorn. You better work, girl. (laughs) You better work, mommy. (laughs) It was great. It's such a good combo. If you've never tried it, do it. It's so funny how people think that. And I think it's because sometimes moms, in whatever capacity that is for you, we're just in charge of so much. Yeah. That when it comes down to just like, our day celebrating mom I think we're just like we don't want like yes it would be really great if like we got all of like the celebratory things yeah. but really like we just really would love a, a break 
just a break. And you know, I think that's a fairly modern idea of how to spend your mother's day. Totally. Like, and I think my husband David also says that one of his favorite father's days in the last couple of years was he also got to do that. We were in New York City and he just wanted to like wander around drama bookshop. And I was like, okay, like whatever you want to do is great because it's your day. Whereas I think traditionally Mother's Day was you get up, you know, maybe you're lucky enough to have uh, breakfast in bed or somebody make you breakfast or even just pour you a glass of orange juice. Mm. I'll take it. That's fine, too. And then everybody gets dressed. So it's on Sunday. Some people, if you go to church, they went to church and then maybe they went out for Mother's Day and then Brunch, you came home yeah. and that was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's over. Your day's over. Uh, what's for dinner, mom? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. An interesting thing to think that, and I don't know if it's more modern or whatever, but maybe it is. I think it is. I think it's a more, a more modern concept to say, yes, I love the idea of like a fancy brunch in my honor. And then I'm going to go watch a horror movie by myself in a dark theater. Like, and I think that's okay to have them in tandem. Or if you want the whole day off for yourself, do it. Do it. I don't understand why it can't be like a mom's history month. <laughs> Why can't we just have a whole month where it's just uh, like... We get to do what we want. <laughs> today we celebrate the mom who does it all. And this week, she doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. That sounds really nice. <laughs> now, growing up, did your mom work? I can't remember. Yes. She like worked here and there. Listen, this is what my mom did. My mom worked at my school a lot, which was uh. hell on earth. For me. I mean, it was actually nice because like if I didn't have my lunch money, right? Or if I was in a bummed out mood, I could go see her. But most of the time, because I got into trouble a lot, it was What? Like, yeah. And it wasn't like bad trouble. It was like I was always like getting in trouble for like talking, not paying attention. <laughs> and because my mom was there, it was like the first thing, you know, like my teacher and like my mom's so like sociable, so she knew everyone. Yeah. So she'd be hanging out in like the teacher's like lounge and like in comes Miss Pinkava. <laughs> well, you know what Blair did today? It's like, ah, oh, damn it. And then my mom like sees me in the hallway and gives me that look. And I'm just like, oh, gosh. My parents call that look the hairy eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you got the hairy eyeball. You're in trouble. You got the ha You do not <laughs> want the hairy eyeball. So, yeah, my mom yeah. worked, but she was always near me. Yeah, it's funny to have that idea of that support, though. Like, of course, as a mom now, I'm like, oh, I would love it if my kid got his feelings hurt at school and then he could come see of me course. and I could close the office door and, and mother him during yeah, school. What a right. luxury privilege that would be. But then also the other time I'd be like, honey, you being nice? <laughs> I don't think you're being nice right now. And he's like, is right. this happening? Oh, my God, for the love of all that's holy. He's five years old and he already tells me to go away. Like, it's happening. <laughs> And then now, well, my mom also worked full time. Mm -hmm. She got home earlier than my dad, though, because she left earlier, too. I remember waking up and waving at her out the window. I think she had to leave the house at like 7 a.m., but she was back at 3, 3.30. Okay. Sometimes 4, because I remember that either Love Boat or Fantasy Island was just starting. <laughs> yes. So she made sure she was there. Yes. So that we couldn't see that. But then General Hospital. Ah, yes. Mm -hmm. Was on from three to four. And every once in a while, she'd get home before four. And me and my sister would be like, oh, no, because we couldn't see the last like five minutes of General <laughs> Hospital. And, you know, it was always a cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Always, always. Yes. That was only during the time we were both watching General Hospital, because at a certain point, I did go over to Guiding Light. Oh, of course you did. Reba and what's his name? Not Lou Jack. No. Oh, gosh, Reva and... Oh, I can see him in my head. 
Lou Jack was with Beth. Yes. Spoiler alert. One of my first jobs was on Guiding Light, and I lost my mind. I lost my, all of my mind was gone because I was like, I'm on Guiding Light, I'm on Guiding Light, I'm on Guiding Light. Absolutely. That's how I felt when I booked a Delta safety video for Delta Airlines. Oh, yes. I didn't know this. I can't believe I didn't tell you that. No. You know the safety airline videos? The, the announcement videos. Yes. In the very beginning. Yes. And this was just at the time when they were starting to get funny Ugh. or interesting or entertaining. And I had recently flown on a Delta flight and the video was legit funny. Like people were chuckling up and down the IL. Awesome. And it was so good. And I was like, these are so good. How do I get in one? Flash forward a month or two later and I get an audition and I was like, <gasps> this is it. <laughs> this is it. And I then I got booked. <gasps> And I got to go to Detroit and we filmed it like in the middle of the night, essentially. It was a like a holiday themed one and it was unplug your electronics. And I had portable Christmas lights wrapped around me. <laughs> and I was like, huh. Like on your flight? Yeah, like around the chair in front of me. And I was like disappointed because I had to unplug it. <laughs> and then another version, I was had a mixing bowl and I was like, <laughs> mixing stuff. Like making Christmas cookies. Like making Christmas cookies. I had like antlers on and stuff. And then they said, unplug your electronics. And I went, huh. And I unplugged it and just took a, like a wooden spoon out from like my sweater sleeve. And I was like, whoop. <laughs> and then just kept mixing. <laughs> But it was so funny. I was so excited to book that. That's how I felt like when you booked uh, Guiding Light. <laughs> it's just like, ah, oh, you just have those dream jobs. So getting back to it, I found an article on the BBC. And this is about the role that really like support systems play in our lives today with modern motherhood. This was from 10 years ago, but I still think it's quite relevant. And this is research carried out by the Social Issues Research Center Based on its findings, they had focus groups of mothers and grandmothers and a survey of a thousand moms. It also considered statistics from the 1930s to the present day. Oh, oh that's a long time ago. Yes. <laughs> and now, yeah, but you know, you ever see those things where they're like the 1930s to when we were kids is the same of now to the 1970s. Yeah, that kind of, yeah, bananas. Mm. Are yeah. we old? Yeah, we all, we real. So now we had, we were lucky enough to have these, you know, great moms. They worked and they were able to be there for us in the 70s and 80s as we were growing up. Yours is in the 80s. Mine was baby in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And so this study found that grandmothers are seen as the most valuable support for mothers after a birth, pushing fathers into second place. <laughs> Out of the way, pops. I thought that was so wild. I don't know. I mean, I get it. Yeah, I guess. I wish, you know, the biggest thing I wish is that my mom lived closer. Yes. Like, especially when I first had a baby. Yeah. And I relied a lot on the internet and friends and et cetera for like what to do, how to do it, that kind of thing. And I think if my mom lived as some people are lucky enough to have in my neighborhood or even in my state, yeah, then I would have been able to do that more. I hope that didn't in any way hurt her feelings. Yeah. Because it wasn't, yeah, same for you, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's because I think that when you're a grandmother mm -hmm. and it's like your child having a child, it's just like that thing that you just want to be there. Yes. It's like, and that just takes the pressure off. Cause when you, like, when you're in situations like us where you just like, you have to find someone to like come in. Like I had, um, night doulas who were amazing. Oh, yeah, right. But <laughs> like, you know, having a grandmother there is just like, it's that free help that just wants to be there and, you know, has the same like instincts. You have those yeah. same, like, you know, DNA-connected instincts. 
Oh, yes. To the kid crying and that kind of thing. And they get to go home. Yeah, and then they get to go home. <laughs> they get to be the grandparents sometimes and they go, oh, there, that's poop. And here you go. Here's your mom or your dad. Oh, night, night. Take care. Night, oh. night. Dad, you're back in first. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to this study, I'm not alone. A fifth of mothers say living closer to their mother is the single thing that would improve their quality of life as a mother. Yeah. They say that a woman named Kate Fox, co-director of this the people who did the study, SIRC, and author of Watching the English. She says, bearing in mind the increasing pressure on mums, mums, so you know it's an English study, <laughs> bearing in mind the increasing pressure on mums to work a double shift as the perfect mother, balanced alongside her daily office hours, support networks are of more significance than ever. Mm. Ever. right Kate. Yeah. She's right. And so here we have our moms who we're lucky enough to have had moms who were supportive and now they're grandmas and we're dealing with them being hours and hours and hours away, Mm -hmm. which I can imagine is hard. Although, you know, my kid's five and a half, so maybe she's used to it by now, but it's hard. Also, I'm an older mom. So, you know, my mom's in her seventies and it's just not as easy to you know, hop on a bus or whatever. <laughs> yeah. it's In fact, it's always like so wild to me whenever I see like young grandmothers, which I see more and more of now, you know, because it's like when I was growing up, my grandmother was old. To you. Yeah. To me. Yeah. And to, you know, both. I was lucky enough to have both my grandmothers and my grandmothers. We were in Germany. So I really rarely saw my grandparents. Oh, right. Because they were here in the States. Until we moved back. Yeah. And so... Yeah, but it's like the idea of like your old, you know, older grandparents. But now it's like you just you see like these like feisty, young, like even the classes that I take my daughter to, like the music classes and stuff. They got grandmas there and they, I'm like, girl, just look like yeah, we're going to the, I'm going to get some coffee. I'm going to go to Pilates after I drop the kid home. <laughs> like work your life, girl. Yes. Yes. David and I are both in our 40s. And so we are, I would say occasionally mistaken for our son's grandparents. No, you are not. It never happens in places like New York City where parents tend to be a little older. Right. But around here, it does occasionally happen. It happened the other day. We were going to a restaurant and there was a cute sort of grandparents aged, maybe in their 60s or 70s, couple getting out of their car as we were entering this restaurant. And I thought David's outfit looked cute. So I turned to (laughs) my son, my five and a half year old, and I said, look it. Doesn't dad look so cute today? And these parents start, these two people leaving their car started to laugh. And the woman goes, looking good, grandpa. (gasps) Because she thought I meant my dad. Like that David was my dad. (laughs) So we all just sort of had that social thing of like, "Ah, oh, yeah. (laughs) And you like close the car door. (laughs) So we went inside and I was like, what did she say? And she said, he goes, I think she thought I was your dad. It's great. Well, here's the fun thing. When we come back, we're going to be talking to the very people we've been talking about. Our mamas. Our moms. Yes. Oh, boy. It's going to be a ride with good old Peg. We got Blair's mom, Peggy, and Mm -hmm. my mom, Lynn. And Peggy's calling in from Loganville, Georgia. My mom's calling in from Foster, Rhode Island. All right now. And, uh, yeah, we're going to chat with them just about how motherhood was for them raising the impeccable children that they raised. I mean, really, no notes. Pristine. And also how they think things may have changed for mothers between when they were mothering and now. And just to kind of get their take on things as grandparents 
as well from their sort of, you know, they're at a bit of a distance now. So it's going to be interesting to hear their perspective on things. Should be fun, though. Yeah. Well, we love them. (laughs) Sure do. I mean, that's for sure. That's the bottom line. (laughs) Thanks for being here. We'll be right back. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hi, mom. Hey, Blair. How are you? Welcome to Toddler Purgatory. Okay. So tell me, how was mothering different when you were raising kids? And what have you observed from motherhood now that's different? Time. Time. It seems as if mothers have more time with their kids now than they did when I was raising my kids. Okay. And what did you do? You had a myriad of jobs. I work for the government and we were moving every three years. So I did a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And then you also worked at my school, which was real fun for me. You knew I was in trouble before I even got in trouble. <laughs> that was an advantage, let me tell you. I know it was for you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you wish you had more access to as a mom raising us back in the day? Time. Time. More access to time. Yes. Because I was working, you know, it was very little time. To do what? To spend with me or to spend by yourself? <laughs> <laughs> to spend with you. Oh, I didn't feel like you worked a lot in that way to where I felt like you didn't have enough time for me. I know, but it was difficult for me. There were things and times that I wanted, you know, us to do certain things and couldn't do it because I'm having to go to work. What about like, I know that sometimes like when you visit and stuff, you're just like, I'll like pull out something like a boppy, like especially like when the kids were like first born, all these like newborn gadgets. And you'd be like, I can't believe all the stuff they got now. (laughs) I never had any of that stuff. So it's almost like you raised me in the dark ages. Pretty much compared to the way things are now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what kind of stuff would have made it easier? 
Nanny for one. <laughs> a nanny, yeah. <laughs> First and foremost. Thank God I got one. I mean, hey, listen, things have changed a lot since raising the two of you. Mm-hmm. And time has changed as well. You know, people, I, more things are more accessible. Mm-hmm. It's just different. And I'm sure my mother probably went through, you know, different things as well. Well, of course. I mean, we're also, we're African-American and you grew up in the South. Right. And things were very different for you than for me because then I, you all raised me in Europe. Right. That's right. So it was like literally apples and oranges for you and I. Very much so. But still, but we still had some of the same issues, but just different times. Yep, that's true. Very true. Well, riddle me this, Mom. Were you nervous to become a mom? I was with your brother. Oh, so with me, you were just like, oh, this is going to be a breeze. It was different because you were born 13 years later. Time under your belt. Yep. And I had experienced motherhood for a long time. True. And I was excited because I didn't know what gender you were going to be. And I wished for a girl and I got one. Woohoo! So, and I didn't have any issues doing my pregnancies. So there was nothing to be concerned about. And then I just came out and you were like, oh. I was excited. Yeah, I guess I was too. <laughs> What's the best part about being a grandma? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> clearly it might be better than being a mom. I wouldn't say that because it's so much like being a mom, hmm. but not having the responsibilities. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Lucky you. So I don't find anything challenging. The only challenging thing that uh, I've experienced is not being able to be with them on a regular basis. Right, the distance, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Both Molly and I have that. Her mother lives in Rhode Island, and she's in Pennsylvania. Oh. And then you're in Georgia, and I'm here in New Jersey. So, yeah. That's challenging. But what's the best part about being a grandma? Like, what, Tell me some things that are like great about being a grandma. There are actions when they see you or... The way that they talk to you, I mean, it's so hard to describe. Mm. It's a blessing. I tell you, it's like nothing you'd ever imagine. It's like kids 2.0. No, it's like kids 100. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. It's like kids 100.0. Oh, oh. Oh, that's right. That's exactly right. Oh, oh, oh. Well, they love you. Oh, I love them so much. Moving on. (laughs) The listeners want to know, our amazing toddler purgatory fam want to know, what was it like raising the perfect daughter? (laughs) It was good. Oh! In fact, it was excellent. Oh, when they told me in the delivery room that you were a girl, my heart skipped many a beat. You were like, I was so excited. Like, I can't. Don't let this get to you now. <laughs> All I'm thinking is, 
you were like, I cannot wait to make this little girl go get me the remote, a nail file, and a People magazine without me having to get up. <laughs> wait a minute. You forget <laughs> I have a son, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Many and number two was born. You're like, woo! But it was that I could make another me. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> okay. How'd that turn out? Do you understand it? No. Make another you? Because you like yourself that much, you're like, I need, there needs to be more of me. No. It was just, I was a woman. Mm. I was a mother. Mm-hmm. You know, and to have a daughter who will eventually experience these same things. Mm. And the fact that I had brought you into the world, it was intriguing. Oh, and then like I grew into this like, oh, my gosh, piece of perfection. (laughs) And you're like, I did it. (laughs) No one else has to do it because it has already been done. (laughs) We won't go into that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, you did a good job, mom. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I just feel so blessed. God has truly, truly blessed your dad and I Mm -hmm. with our family. And I thank him every day for each of you. Mm -hmm. And I pray for your protection. Well, thanks for coming on the pod and talking to me. Oh, absolutely. It was a pleasure. Maybe we'll have you back to give us some recipes or something. Okay, that sounds good. All right. I don't cook as much as I used to. That's all right. You still got them in the nooks and crannies of that brain of yours. <laughs> all right. Well, happy early Mother's Day, Mom. Well, thank you. And the same to you, my dear. Oh, thanks, girl. <laughs> and I love you. I love you, too. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt 
free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Can you tell me how was it different when you were raising your two perfect daughters, me and Jenny, <laughs> from what you kind of see motherhood being now? Well, we didn't have, at the time, helicopter moms, like apparently you do now, that are in every facet of their kid's life. And so the big thing for me and dad, too, was uh, for you guys to be able someday to leave the house. Mm-hmm. And so the whole idea was for you to do as much as was safely possible, you know, on your own. Right. So even that was not as laid back as when I was a kid. When I would leave on my bike at 9 o'clock a.m. and be back at 4, you know, and I was 8, 10 years old. So it, things were starting to we have a little more oversight, I would say, than when I was a kid. I right. Mean, I always knew where you were. Right. That would, and we didn't have cell phones. And, and as you say, the technology is a big deal, but having a cell phone now has got to be just making a mother a little less stressed when her kids are, you know, off in the world. So. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is, I feel like it is providing, on the one hand, you can, like, track your kid, like... There's these systems on cell phones that if your nine-year-old has a cell phone, you know where they are all the time. A locator device. Yeah, exactly, a locator device. And But we also it also means that we have access in our hand at all times, images and ideas and words that maybe you didn't even have to worry about back then. Like, not only our access to all kinds of media, but also, you know, when we were growing up, there was always that threat of you know, some dude in a van pulling up next to us and being like, hey, kid, do you want some candy? That was pretty much the biggest scare. Also, I do remember growing up, at one time there was a streaker. No, no, what's it called? A flasher. Remember flashers? Oh, yeah. So some dude was going around flashing everybody. (laughs) And that was our biggest threat, other than the anonymous man in a van, who, to be honest with you, was such a... You know, obviously it is a real thing, but it was such a small percentage of people who were exposed to that kind of threat. You know what I mean? Especially especially where we were living, out in the country. Mm -hmm. We didn't have to worry about, you know, weirdos and flashers. (laughs) You know, people didn't drive out to the country to, you know, we had no kidnappings, but we read about them. And that's when well, we, I think we made it a little harder for you to go off without letting us know where you were going and, yeah. you know, when you'd be back. And I've also, I think I've talked about on the pod before, I've also told the story about me and my older sister, who's four years older, ride, getting on our bikes, kind of like what you described in your childhood. We definitely got on our bikes and rode them, you know, however long it was down Route 3. What was that, five miles to McDonald's? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that was an event that I didn't, you guys didn't even tell me about that one. (laughs) I think we did. You were allowed to go down to Mishnak, you know, the area by the lake there, because a couple of your friends were there. But once again, I always knew where you were. Yeah. I think this was when we were a little older. I might have been eight and Jenny might have been 12 or seven and 11 or something. I think you did know about it. 
geez, now that we're talking about it, maybe I just let the cat out of the bag for the first time in 35 years. <laughs> Did you, was there anything raising me and Jenny growing up that you wish you had more access to? I mean, obviously, you know, we all wish, we think that, you know, having a little more funds would make things a little easier, but was there anything else that you see, especially that moms and parents have now that you wish you had raising us? Uh, no. I think that technology has made it a lot easier to keep track, but there was, other than more money, but I never felt like we didn't have enough, you know? Yeah. So I never wish, maybe not having to work, although then I wouldn't have been happy, but we had, you know, you guys were so good. I have to put in my plug early and often. You were two of the best kids I ever knew. Mom, thank you. I mean, really, you were really good. And of course, that was until you turned 11 and your hormones kicked in. <laughs> but up till age 11, you were just like a perfect child. That's very nice. We also, you know, we've talked about this on the pod as well. Also, Jenny and I had each other. You know what I mean? Like, so I learned from her and we got to be outside all the time. And that's where technology is maybe not always that great right now is that you could say to us, you know, we had one TV. And when you shut it off after Phil Donahue, we went outside and we didn't look at that TV again until maybe after bath and pajamas, we could watch one show, you know? Yeah. So that was a much, you know, uh, you know, we can talk for days about how technology is a blessing and a curse. Yes, yes. Yeah. I do remember that you snuck the TV on when you got home from school. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, you watched Love Boat, if I remember correctly. And so when I guess when I pulled in the driveway, the TV went off and you guys were looking very studiously at your homework. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, when we first got home, at some point we had two D TVs because at some point I was watching Guiding Light and Jenny was watching General Hospital. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> So we divided and then Love Boat would start and you got home at like 4.30 or 4.40. So we could see the first good first half hour of Love Boat. And then the minute we right. heard your car, the crunch of the gravel as the car pulled into yeah. the driveway, yeah. <laughs> we shut it off and we'd immediately fold up the blankets and throw the bowls of popcorn, you know, into the dishwasher, <laughs> running around like our pants were on fire so that when you came in, we would look calm, collected, doing homework. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> well, the ruse is up. The ruse is up. Can you tell me now you're a grandma, you're a Grammy. What is the best part of being a grandma? The best part is my grandson. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the most fun part. Yeah. But I guess the best part is you get to enjoy your grandson for what, however long you're allowed or you're babysitting or whatever. And then you get to go home. Yep. And he, yeah. And I know this is a probably very well-known sentiment that grandparents always say. At the end of the day or at the end of the visit, you know, he goes off with mom and dad. And you get to, you know, whatever people do while have their gin and tonic or put their feet up or not, you know, worry, yeah. not worry. Because he's in good hands, he's in great hands, actually, and he's not, you know, that responsibility, which yeah. is the big thing about the parenthood, is someone else's. Yes, yeah, you get to lighten your load. Yeah. <laughs> and is there anything 
that you were surprised by about being a grandparent that you is a little hard or a little challenging or or even just a surprise to you like oh I didn't think that would be part of being a grandparent and yet here we are like anything like that I think you we are watching him grow I mean so rapidly before our eyes but for the first few years I had him I, you know, he was my baby and now it seems like dad has him he's a, the one yeah go ahead grandpa Papa, Papa, yes. The one with all the goodies and the garage and, you know, he's uh, the boat. And so that's all a surprise to me. And I keep telling Papa, you know, he's coming back to me. Oh, he will. When he's, um, you know, 18 and he goes off to medical school or whatever, it's going to be me that he calls up because yeah. I'm going to be slipping him the money. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. He is what many would think of as a boy cliche. He is super active. He gets into all the business. He likes to play with Papa's tools and sit on Papa's oh, yeah. four-wheeler and that kind of thing. And and it, it's interesting, as I'm sure you saw with me and Jenny, too, that, you know, as Blair says, everything is a season. Like, this is a season that he's in, but there's going to be seasons after this, and it's going to be interesting to see him, how he grows, right? Exactly. That's probably the best part of for, you know, grandparents is just um, the fact that we don't see them every day is a curse and a blessing because when we do see him, we, it, we he's made such leaps and bounds and, and, you know, you see it all happening very gradually right. and probably don't even notice some of the stuff because it's just part of him being yeah. at home and, and doing that, but... Oh, he grows like a head taller every time you see him. Yeah. I even told you there was a picture of him from behind him. And I said, look at him. He looks like a little boy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Mom, thank you for talking to me for this, our Mother's Day episode. And, you know, I just want to say, and I know you know this, but maybe it's good to hear it sometimes. Like, you were such a good, you are But growing up, you were such a good mom and an incredible role model, both of you. And you mentioned earlier about you wish you didn't, you know, have to work as much, but you wouldn't have been happy. Like, it is from you that I learned that you can balance having a family, which is fulfilling, and having a job, which is incredibly fulfilling as well. And if I didn't have you, you know, and dad, but dad, you know, it's a little more traditional for the, you know, if there's a dad in the family for them to go off and whatever. But like you never didn't have a job. Like I never, like I remember you putting your clothes out the night before for the next day and thinking and, you know, maybe not consciously, but certainly knowing my mom really has her stuff together. Like she, you, <laughs> you're <I'm good>. always <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it's from you that I learned that I can do that. And otherwise I don't know if I, if I would be like able to maintain the career that I have and also, you know, keep my kid not only alive, but hopefully doing okay, you know? So thank you for that. Yeah, well, if you're not happy, that's going to, you know, just be so projected on him. So it's similar to the use of the oxygen mask first. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, because if you're not happy and healthy, then, you know, he's going to suffer. So Yeah. So take care of you first. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And I also have to put in a, I know, plug for fathers and the fact that, you know, 
I had such a good, and you have such a good partner that that really helps. So the whole burden is not on us, you know? Yes. To get somebody that can take over when you just can't. Or you can do it. You can always do it, but it won't be as good of a job as if, you know, you were well-rested and thinking about yourself and all that. So, yes, so the plug there is for the dads as well. And, yeah, the dads... It's his chance on Father's Day, so. <laughs> yeah, the plug is, yeah, I agree, is for the dads, is for the partners, is for the, it really it's about having a support system. If there's a single parent out That's there right. who's listening, you know, that might be your neighbor. That might be, I mean, someone to help carry the load is so important. Right. Yeah, I agree. And we were lucky. So. Yeah, well, I'm lucky to have you, Mom. Thank you for talking to me today. Oh, thank you, sweetie. It was always fun. Love you. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.